Everyman Podcast. Everyman. Ooh, baby. That's I'm, man's I'm come f- from the back. Dude, I'm feeling a little uh, frisky today. Throaty. Feeling, a throaty. F- feeling frisky, feeling frothy. Um, it, man. We're here and uh, we're happy. We're blessed. Yes, we having are. A, having a great weekend. I uh, Unbelievable. I was blessed by the, the tool this weekend. So I, I, had, I had an opportunity to go see Tool up in Newark, mm-hmm. uh, the great jewel of the East Coast, Newark, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're aware. That's actually that's a new uh, moniker they're testing out, the crown jewel of the Northeast, Newark. I love it. Yeah, I, love it. I think it's good. It's testing well. Um, so I'm up there in the crown jewel, and, uh, you know, beautiful Newark, um, the home of the New Jersey Devils, and it's my first time up there for, for a show in that arena. Hadn't been to a... Uh, arena concert in a while mm-hmm. but uh got to see tool and you know we talk about it here with today's guest which we're going to get to in a second but daryl i had it was like a spiritual awakening at this concert last night man i'm all tuned up tuned up can't you can't uh you i can't, can't figure out you, you just you're feeling it you're you're you're, tone, you're just tuned up like you said huh i feel like i might still be at that show i don't even know what's going on well you know what uh, that's how you know what it. it's good when you don't know what's going on and you're just still vibing even though the show is over you know oh, I'm, it's sticking it's sticking with you i'm basically i'm basically vibrating uh at the you know at a harmonic universal level with tool right now Absolutely. and uh yeah if anybody has a chance to go see tool by all means get your get your buns out there and go go give it a shot it's it's a great don't time get mesmerized i mean they had lasers and fog machine and daryl so we're so halfway through the show right yeah now I mean, you know, I'm a humble guy, but if there's one thing mm-hmm. you know that I love, it's I love a, lo- a little backstage, a little yeah. a little inside scoop, yeah. right? Yeah. So, you know, um shout out to to the lovely Liz um who attended the show with us. Halfway through the show, she's like, "Oh yeah, my cousin's got a VIP box. You guys want to And I'm like, <laughs> Uh, I think we will. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. So next thing you know, we're t- we're taking off up there, and you know, I I had uh, I had a great evening, you know, and then all of a sudden I get into this this little box, and they're like, they've got the luxury seats, you know, the big mm-hmm. boys. Yeah. They got they got Bud Light Platinums as far as the eye can see, all gratis, bottles of Whoa. water, chilled water, snacks. That commercial, by the way, it's awesome. That new uh, Bud Light. Uh platinum commercial with the two nights oh the two nights uh, two nights yeah, <laughs> yeah you got you gotta, you gotta watch out for those two nights they, they, they're doing mm-hmm. it they always they've got uh, the marketing thing they've got that down pat the good people at budweiser and Heiser bush yeah, man. but uh yeah man bud light platinum as far as the eye could see it was just it was glorious you know got to watch the rest of the show up there from the box so you know shout out to the good people of newark new jersey and uh you know we love you and uh, the everyman podcast thanks you for your service uh of tool this this past weekend mm-hmm. what, love it what's uh what's going on in your world big dog well you know me as always just uh burning the candle at both ends at nfl films doing what the producer does when you know you are a part of a family that's uh the best in the world doing it in the sports uh football entertainment industry so you know just doing my my use my use 
just being just being the go-to guy, yeah, just mean, being the champion like, that you are. It's, it's like we do the Everyman podcast. I just exhibit the Everyman way mm-hmm. at this job. I mean, it's just a way of life. We the Everyman is a way of life. It is. We're, we're, we're living it, guys. And, uh, you know, we, we, we're, we're tested every day um, just like everybody else is. And, uh, you know, we're all in it together. So just, you know, tie your boots up tight and put your hard hat on and get your ass to work, right? That's right. That's right. So, uh, you know, talking about work, man, today's guest, uh, somebody I've been I've been wanting to have on the podcast for a while. Uh, a gentleman who I've, you know, had the pleasure of, of getting to know. And uh, over the years, finally, you know, got got this all together here. So, you know, our guest today is uh, the one and only James Labrie of Dream Theater, vocalist of Dream Theater, frontman extraordinaire. Man, um, he is a gentleman. He is uh, quite funny, and uh, he's a very down-to-earth dude, and oh, yeah. I think he's very much tied into what, number one, he's very self-aware, I think, is safe to say, and I think he's very aware of what um, people say about Dream Theater and what he, uh, how he presents himself, and I think that's, that's just really cool that he knows... Um, he gets he gets what the fans are, are throwing out there, and um, you know he he he's he's the real deal, man. Oh yeah, without question, unbelievably comfortable in being exactly who James Labrie is, which is just a professional, um, a, a just steward of an, an just unbelievable gift that he shares with his fans, and um, he, he's. He's just an awesome human being, you know what I mean? Right up there with our with our boy Mike Mangini and the West of the That's DC right. T group. Um, they're all awesome. And the one thing I love about James, and you guys will find this out um, in in the podcast, is his identification not with the word I, but with the word we. Mm. He's all about team. He's all about Dream Theater, and he's all about those guys going to give the fans what they want, but just being so natural and, 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 and true to what it is that they do, which is entertain their, um, masters of their craft. And it all, it all starts there. It all starts from the ground up. And that's the one thing I love about them. They're all about team, all about we, all about us having fun, jamming out, and sharing those natural moments with their fans, which I, un- I, I unequivocally believe that that's the reason why the Dream Theater fan base is so connected with this, with, the, with this group because of just how much fun they're having, and they just exude it every time they go on tour, every time they, 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 they drop a record. And you know what? As a new fan to, to DT, I'm, I'm right there with them. Yeah, I mean, I think you nailed it right there, man. Is that, and also when you when you when you consider that we've had these conversations with with John, with Mike, um, you know, backstage with Jordan, you know, we we hear the same thing, you know, whether it's mm-hmm. from from their tour manager or guys like Zach uh, and the crew, like they're all uh, all aboard all together, and that's why they yeah. they put the product out that they do, and and you know, the, those kind of um, the focus on team first is something that you can take in your life, whether you're working in an office, you know, in, in a project management capacity, or if you're involved in a, in a creative team, you know, in a, in a, maybe an art studio or something like that. I mean, you know, everybody has to deal with, with different, uh, you know, performance um, egos or, or ideas and, and Dream Theater, um, they've, they've tested, 
they've they've proven over the test of time that they're able to keep keep going. And yeah. when you hear this conversation, um, you know, kind of consider that that's that's why they're they're able oh. to to keep it going. And oh, yeah. um, you know, again, James, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank it, you so it, much. it was awesome having you. And uh, you know, with that, my brother, I think we should kick it to our interview with James Labrie of Dream Theater. Let's do it. Joining us today on the Everyman Podcast is a man who simply needs no introduction, the lead singer of Dream Theater, James Labrie. Hey, how James, you doing, guys? How you What's doing? Going on? Uh, Sunday afternoon, I'm chilling out. It's perfect. Yeah. Not a perfect day for a podcast, right? Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. it's uh, it's great to have you here on the show. And, and over the past year, we've had uh, you know Mike on the show and John. And, um, you know, you guys just wrapped up the second leg of the Distance Over Time tour here in the U.S. Yep. Daryl and I were lucky enough to catch it at the Tower Theater where you thoroughly blew his mind, which we'll get to in a my moment. It was, the, it was the first was time he'd ever seen Dream Theater. Daryl, I'm <laughs> about to blow minds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he's, still, he's still recovering from it. And, uh, you know, I got, I got a chance again to just see you guys in Jersey in October. And, um, yep. you guys, I think you're, you're at your absolute best right now. You're really just on all banging on all cylinders. Um, how's, how's that been? How's, how's this past year been for you starting with the release of the album and up to now? Uh, it's been incredible. First of all, you know, uh, distance over time came out and, uh, it was extremely well received. So that in itself just kind of set everything in motion, uh, for the tour. Um, you know, the fans around the world were saying, this is amazing. This is, as far as they were concerned, you know, one of the best albums we'd released in a while, which is always great to hear on your 14th studio album. And, um, you know, it, it just kind of set the motion, uh, you know, uh, in uh, for the whole world tour set up. We knew that we um, were putting together an amazing show, both visually and sonically. And um, just to go off of that, that kind of, you know, that it was already uh, a fan favorite um just you know gave us that inspiration and we were anticipating the tour and wanting to get out there and then uh since we started uh it's been great and i think you know what you and daryl are seeing justin is, is exactly how we feel we're on stage we're having a great time you know uh we are kicking it, you know, uh, each and every night. And I, th I think the fans, you know, the fans, th there's no line to them. They, they either know you're up there for the right reasons because you love to be up there and you're having a great time or are you going through the motions? And I think uh, each and every night we get out there, whether, you know, and let's, let's face it, we are human beings. Some days you're feeling a little tired or mm -hmm. you're under the weather. Uh, it's, it's funny because, you know, everything leading up to that, um, you're kind of like, okay, yeah, I got to get in the zone. I got to get in the zone. By the time you're you're hitting the stage, you're you're stoked. You know, you're psyched, and uh, you can't help but walking out in front of you know your fans and uh, just be energized. And the whole evening, we keep saying to one another because we're doing evenings with, so it's a three-hour show. You know, we take an intermission of 20 minutes. But what's really surprising to us is how fast the evening goes. You know, to us, you know, most people go, how do you handle three hours? And and granted, you know, you have to really be up for it and you have to look after yourself on the road. But what's surprising to us is just how fast the evening goes because we're having such a great time. 
you know, um, just being up there, grooving on stage, the fans, you know, knowing that you guys are up there doing your thing, you guys are feeling good. I just wanted to know, coming off that tell of it, your show is taking three hours. How do you keep pace with all that? How do you stay in shape? I'm really big on how do you guys prepare to mm-hmm. give the fans what they want f- for three hours. I played football for six years in the league. It's over a three-hour yeah. game. You know what that's like. It's intense. How do you guys deliver for that long but still just make it seem effortless like you're just jamming up there and having fun? Well, I, I think, you know, it, we all have our uh, our routines on, on how to keep, you know, everything – in shape, you know, and, and to, to know that we're not going to get sick myself personally. So I do, uh, I do about three miles on the, the treadmill every day. And then I do some push ups and sit ups and stuff. And then, uh, I do vitamins. I do a whey protein. It's called Immunitech. Um, I do tons of vegetables and fruit while I'm on there, like blueberries, raspberries. And then I, you know, uh, cauliflower, broccoli, uh, fennel, stuff like that, and and hummus. I only do hummus with it. And then um, lots of fluids. So I drink copious amounts of water throughout the day. Um, You know, I only do a little bit of orange juice. I eat uh, two oranges a day and uh, a banana a day. So all this stuff, I kind of, I think it really adds up to keeping me healthy and not getting sick. I get tons of, uh, I make myself, believe it or not, stay in bed so that I get a lot of sleep. I like to get at least where I feel that I've gotten at least an eight hour block of sleep in each and every night. And uh, I'm an insomniac. So it's very, very hard for me to do so. So where someone else could go to bed, like, let's just say, let's just say at midnight, they could get up at seven, eight o'clock and they've sat, you know, they've slept solid. Right. And maybe Daryl, you can relate to this because you're an athlete. It, it, it's not always something that will happen for mm-hmm. each and every night and um with me being an insomniac that takes me a good 10 or 11 hours in bed because i'm tossing and turning right and i don't want to resort to sleeping pills because that would make me feel like crap the next day probably dry my throat out right so I, I can't i can't do stuff like that and not that i want to do stuff like that and then the other guy is the same thing i know jordan he walks forever around whatever city or town that we're in. So he does that. Uh, jo- uh, John Petrucci works out on weights. Um, I'm sure he's talked to you about that, Joe. Yeah, he is, you know? he is, he is yeah. fit with the, with, the, with the biceps and the tries there. That right, is for sure. Right. Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, like, Mike Mangini, he gets his exercise probably burning 3,000 calories a night behind the drums. Yep. <laughs> yeah, then, he, he gets uh, a couple there. <laughs> right? And yeah, then, uh, unbelievable. John Young is just, uh, I don't know, I think he does, like, uh, I don't know. I don't know what he does to stay in shape. <laughs> Who knows what he's know. doing? But he's got the forearms of a of a Greek god. It's incredible. You, you shake yeah. his hand. It's uh oh my god, dude, shredded. Oh, yeah. I don't know what he's doing. His, his forearms are like Popeye arms. You know. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's, it's insane. So we all, we we all do our own thing that that we feel you know works for us and and keeps us fine tuned, and will uh, ensure that we can go on stage and. And be able to uh, put the goods out, right? That's yeah. awesome. That's what it's all about. Yeah. You know, I've seen, uh, you know, I've seen poking around, kind of in the backstage. I've seen the little electric kettle that you've got, you know, in the wings there. Yeah. So, so you're doing the hot water and the honey, right, during the show? 
Yeah, it's it's more like just just a little warmer than tepid water, mm-hmm. um, and then yeah, like a, a little dash of honey in there. So I I, I drink that, and then I just uh, just have regular water with me, you know, where I'm drinking that constantly throughout the day, and, and well on stage in that, and uh, yeah. So that that's like I said, I'm all, and then I have these little, uh, it's like a, a Vicks vaporizer. So I do that. I breathe in. You know, and that just keeps the humidity and uh, keeps all the sinuses clear nice. and stuff like that. So doing stuff like that also definitely uh, helps for sure. Yeah. And is it true awesome. you, and then, you'll do like periods long, of silence long, long too, right? warm-ups. And then after, after the show, I do uh, a cool down. So I'm bringing my voice from a, a singing position back down to a speaking position. If you don't do that, you leave your, your voice in what uh, some vocal coaches refer to as like shock. So it's like you haven't switched, you know, brought your uh, your stick shift from six to back down to one, and it's it's not good. Uh, your voice needs to be brought from the singing position back down to the speaking position, you know, in order to avoid vocal fatigue. Yeah, is that something you still mm-hmm. you do regularly? Is work work with vocal coaches, or you work on your technique for for staying sharp? Yeah, I mean, you know, I was just actually. Uh, I had a session with Jamie Vendera yesterday um, and Jamie and I've been working together off and on for a few years and it's just for him to remind me, Hey, are you doing this? And here, let's do this scale. And what are you doing when you're doing this? And can you show me how you're approaching, you know, any of your extremely high, high voice, uh, high notes and stuff like that. And, and so I'll show him and he goes, you know, you need to, you need to keep that down. You need to be doing it. So it's just a kind of a reminder um, even though I'm very cognizant of it while I'm on stage each and every night because I don't want to burn out. I don't want to burn out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's something that um, that fans, uh, I think, now maybe are getting a better understanding of um, that maybe in the past they, they were a little harder on is that, is that it, it, it's – vocals are an organic instrument, and it's not like, you, you know, you mm-hmm. can have a – you can have technical difficulties because I've been I, all the Dream Theater shows I've been to. I've seen mm-hmm. amps cut out. I've seen you know little video screen. Like you, there's those things that you can mm-hmm. adjust in real time and and go with. But sometimes mm-hmm. like you, yeah. things happen and you know like I, I've seen um, I've seen that consistency with your voice over you know since I can you know I was at the score taping you know and I, and I can remember hearing like sitting there kind of closing my eyes listening to you in, in Radio City like really just reverberating through a place like that and then mm-hmm. when I hear you now it's still it's still there and it just amazes me that you're able to keep that consistency because I know you know as a touring musician I understand what it's like to tour and the and the physical labor of it and of course you guys have a great crew and a great team so that makes it mm-hmm. a little bit easier but like you're saying you've got you're meeting a lot of people. There's germs. There's there's oh, yeah. weather changes, especially <laughs> when you're traveling, you know, overseas and stuff. And you know, I don't think people um, think about that kind of stuff. And I, I think it's really cool for you to share that. And I, I really appreciate you kind of letting us in behind the scenes no, there on your on your vocals. And that, and that's great that you that you see it like that because that's exactly what's going on, Justin. Is that you know it, it is an organic instrument, and I've seen. Every one of my peers out there, other vocalists from other, you know, bands that I'm sure that you've interviewed, and I've seen them having great days and not so great days. And what people don't understand is, like, like you said, it's an organic instrument, and uh, we can't always be 100%. But what we can do is 
learn what we can to possibly be 100%. And if not, you know, not too bad. And uh, it's just, you know what, we signed up for it, right? I yep. think any singer out there that's that's uh, touring extensively, you know, our average tour is 18 months. And any any singer that's ever had to do that, you better have some pretty thick skin. Because the world that we live in today uh, has given people that entitlement that they can tear you down if you have not so, so much a, a great show. And if you don't have the thick skin, you're going to, uh, you're not going to do too well. You know, and I've heard everything. I've heard everything thrown my way, and I'm fine with that. You know, to each his own. If that makes you feel better about yourself, you go for it. But I do know who I am, and uh, I, I don't. I don't buy into that shit. First of all, any singer knows when they've had a shitty night. Right. You don't need to be reminded. <laughs> you do not need anyone to call that out. You know, hey, man, what was wrong with you the night? Hey, a little pitchy, were you? It's like, really? I had a shitty night. Guess what? I had a shitty night. So whatever. Yeah. But it's it's all part of it. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's just who and what we are, right? So you just go on to the next gig and everything comes back online and uh, it's all good. Yeah. And, I, and I've been and I've seen, you know, because I, I think so many Dream Theater fans obviously are musicians, right? And if they're not musicians, they're like this hyper... There's like a level of fan uh, that are non-musicians that are like, just they love music, they know they, they have an appreciation for it, but they may not be a player. So you have these right. people that are practically memorizing the music, note for note, for a whole year by the time you come to their town. And, mm-hmm. and then it's, yeah. it's the big night out, everybody's rocking and rolling, and then it's like, oh, wait, I know where that's supposed to, I know it's supposed to be there. It's not the, and then, and then, but that's a, like the, the nature of, I think, this kind of music and this kind of culture around that kind of music and progressive music has always, you know, like, so I grew up, my, my dad raised me on like, yes, and Genesis and King Crimson and Rush. And so like, I have wow. this, I, I, that's what I came up on, but those, but I've always seen fans as kind of. I don't know. Fickle is the right word, but they'll, you know, like with with lineup changes or, you know, like a band like Rush when they started making stuff that was a little more different than what they had been doing. And um, mm-hmm. I think it just is yeah. part of this music scene. It is, and and you know when you're talking about bands such as Dream Theater or even the bands that you mentioned, you're under a microscope even more, right? You know, because if you want to put out music like that then I want to see you do it, you know, and I want, I want to see you deliver those goods live because if you have the audacity to write like that, yeah. Who do you virtuosos think you are? You better be able to back it up. No. And and that's fine. And that's fine because, you know, first of all, you're not going to be in a band like this unless you feel confident enough and comfortable enough to be able to produce music as such and have that be what represents you. And that's, it's all part of it, right? You know, it's, it's all, it's all neck and neck. Sure. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what, I'm going to be honest. I'm just going to interject here, gentlemen, just because I'm a new fan to dream theater and Mm -hmm. Justin introduced me. So, you know, I, I I see it through a, a unique lens in that, I'm always interested in the craft of what it is that you guys are able to do. So, you know, if for all those fans out there who are fickled and and don't understand that for three hours you have a lead singer in James that has to maintain the consistency of tone, pitch, sensitivity with respect to the scalar registry that's involved with it. Right. And so one of my favorite 
tunes from you is uh, 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 under a glass moon, right? Mm-hmm. Images and words. So for me, oh. if from you to go from a ballad to the right. upper register right. and, 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 and to break into that so smoothly, you don't even, you can't even tell like, okay. and, and then maintain that for another an, an inordinate amount of set list for songs for the next three hours. Like right. for all those fans out there, that's hard to do. Okay, that's yeah. just hard yeah. to do. So yeah. I, again, I, it might just be me as a new fan, but you know, like no, I said, no, no. I've I played football for a number of years. I've played with some of the greats, and everything revolves around your technique. Everything right. revolves around your craft and right. maintaining craft throughout your job, so you can execute. You execute for right. hours and hours at a time, and you don't miss a beat. And so, like, oh, if you have an an off day, your off day is eat like a stratosphere above someone else's best day. So Correct. Yeah. that's just how it is. I appreciate that, Daryl. No, and, and it's very insightful and you're correct. And I'm taking you to Ruth's Chris. All right. There we go. <laughs> We're going. We're going. We're going, boys. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen this man eat. I've seen this man eat uh, quite a bit. I don't know, man. It's uh, it'd be a tall order. <laughs> yeah. That's I appreciate a- that, guys. And, and everything you're saying is true. It's a, you know, it's just a, to take it in globally and to, and to, to realize all the things that are going on. And, and uh, you know, it just gives you uh, uh, a much keener and more profound sense of exactly what is, is going on each and every night from one second to the other. That's the thing is like, you know, even the other guys in the band, they're like, you know how many notes I played tonight? And, you know, there was a couple <laughs> things that I, that I screwed up and I said, do you really think anyone was the wiser out there, guys? Come on, you know, how long did we just play and how many yeah, notes did you play and chords did you play? Come on, you know, we did a great job. We went out, we kicked ass. It was a great show. Everyone's leaving. They're talking about the next day, how much they loved it. That That's, yep. and you know what, and the other part of it is too, and I think is really important for everyone out there to understand, and, I, and we opened up the show as such, and I, I'm very sincere when I say this. I think the biggest part of why the shows are going off the way it is, is because we are sincerely having a freaking great time. Yep. Yeah. Guys, I think that if we were out there and we're like, well, it's doing this because, you know, we're making this kind of money and, you know, what else am I going to do? Like, that's bullshit, man. You, uh, it's just like, it must be miserable. It, it, I know for a fact myself, I know myself well enough that the day that happens to me, I have to walk away. There's no flipping way that I can go up there and just go through the motions and say the only reason I'm doing this is because, oh, I want to also acquire this or that, you know, for monetary gain. Bullshit. I I don't get it. Although I've seen it a lot in front of me, and I think it's really sad, and I just hope that Dream Theater, we never become victims of that that type of uh, angle or direction. Yeah. Well, you know, I've been – as somebody who's who started as just I'm a, as a hardcore fan and if I've kind of found my way as a friend to you guys and I've gotten to see, you know, how you all really are, you know, and I can think back to shows where I was in the front row at the Tower Theater back in 2007 and I could, and not to get too, you know, off into any tangent, but I could see that maybe not everybody was having the same amount of fun um as with with as as everybody else was okay and right. you know as a performer you know i'm a, as a, i'm a drummer and i um 
you know, I really paid attention to what was going on there. And now, Absolutely. now when I see the interaction with you guys, plus mm-hmm. 10 years plus into it with Mike Mangini, yeah. there's a whole different levity going on on that stage. And, sure. you know, I was, I, I've, Daryl and I have, we love Mike. Okay. And, and <laughs> yeah. he's our, he's our boy. And, and we've, oh, we've yeah. spent a lot of time we'll talking yeah. And and you're right. I mean, how, how could you not? And so mm-hmm. I was watching. I was going back watching the the YouTube uh, series you guys did. You know, the for for the Dream Theater drummer audition. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I'm looking at it now with the perspective of you know at the time I was like a heartbroken you know sulking fan. Mm-hmm. And now it, you know yeah. now it's like I, you see how it went, and I know how wonderful Mangini is, and I've seen how phenomenal he is as a, as a performer and a musician. Yep. Yep. And it's like, well, no shit. That's the guy. Like you know, like if if you didn't know, then it's it's so clear. And well, yeah. Go ahead. No, sir. So so my question, and, and we'll expound on this however you'd like. What mm-hmm. like you've got, you know, Virgil Donati, Marco Miniman, Thomas mm-hmm. Lang, Peter Wildor, Derek Roddy. You've got some of the you know Achilles Priest there, like you, some of the best drummers on the planet at that moment that were available, and you mm-hmm. guys just like put up the bat signal, and all these dudes come into New York, and then they're there, like playing your tunes, and like I, I just, what was that like being, like being able to do that? Because you always knew that, like I know that you you're you guys are self aware to uh, of where you guys are in the in the pantheon of musicians, right? So like mm-hmm. to actually have that moment of need where it's like shit, now we need a drummer and then you actually are one of those bands that yeah, the world's best come to you. Like what was that like knowing that you had the pick of the litter and like and and how did you how did you process all that and and what do you what are your thoughts on that kind of, you know, 11 years later? Well, I, I mean, first of all, it was a hell of a lot of fun, you know, uh, going through that process because we got to meet these cool guys and they all are phenomenal drummers for sure. Absolutely. Uh, you know, first and foremost, uh, we had to sit down and, and we all had to say, OK, who would you want? Like, who would you want? Who would you want? Who are you thinking? And these were the names we started coming up with. And, you know, right away, my two picks were. And the guys knew it. They knew I was going to say Mike Mangini because Mike had already done three albums with me, solo albums with me. So I knew what kind of a drummer he was. You know, he's a phenomenal drummer. I met him the first time in 1995 when Dream Theater and uh, and um, uh, he was they were on a, a a big show with us over in Europe. And um, I just came up. I saw him playing, and uh, I was like, "Who the hell is this guy? This guy's freaking." unbelievable drummer is, is this like is this really happening you know and um so after i actually made a point of going over to him going hey man how you doing he goes hey yeah hey james how you doing he knew who i was and i said someday we got to do something together and we did eventually we did he, he started playing on on the, on the solo albums so when we were putting together the list of names you know he was the first on my list. The second was Peter Wildeur, who is now my drummer yes. in my solo album. We're going to, we're going to talk about him now. too. He's a phenomenal drummer too. So those were my two picks, you know, and then the other guys were like, you know, we got to get Marco Miniman, who's a, a, an incredible drummer and, you know, and Virgil and, and so on and so forth. So everybody started tossing their names into the hat. So by the time all these guys showed up, we really knew that, you know, 
out of this selection, come on. Right. You know, we got to be able mm-hmm. to at least pick one. And, you know, here's the thing is that, you know, they all came in. They were all prepared. Uh, it, it was kind of funny because you could see that there were, first, there was a lot of anxiety within each of them, even though the kind of caliber drummers they were, it was they were still like, oh, okay. You know, like they, they knew, you know, they, this is it, man. It's coming down. This is going to kick ass. You, know, you, you could just feel that intensity, right? It's like, hey, man, just chill out. You know, we're just going to have some fun. It's like, yeah, I'm sure they're thinking in the back of the head. That's easy for you to say. Right. You know, you're auditioning, you know. But um, it was so funny because, like, we just get right into it. And long story short, you know, I mean, they all – were extremely well prepared it was all just what an experience to go through the songs with them and and to feel that vibe because everybody's different but and and the whole energy too there's all that going on guys as well right it's yeah. like how are these guys meshing with us do we feel this connection and believe it or not you know that that is a big component when you're in a band and um just when mangini he sat down and i'm not kidding you from the moment we hit the first chord and he's on it right to the end and he was just bombastic with with everything with with nailing the parts first of all his energy level his enthusiasm yeah. and his articulation like he was just so articulate and without even being forced and it was just like we're looking at each other going what uh, <laughs> like what do we just see here do i need yeah. to say more You're like uh okay you know, so and and that's not taking away from any of the other guys because come on, I mean, when you're playing with someone like Virgil or Markle, you know, or Thomas, uh, I mean, these these guys are incredible. They're well, incredible. Well, the thing Peter, that the, Peter was incredible. He was phenomenal. I was like, you know, I'm sorry, but he's a, he's a beast. Flipping hairs, you know, and and it was just, uh, yeah, it, it was it was something. It was really something. Yeah, and then when you take a guy like Thomas Lang, who's mm-hmm. like he touring with Madonna, you know, like, and it's yeah. like a, you get a guy like that who's been to the the like summit of of a gigging musician, and then he's nervous mm-hmm. to be with you guys. Like that just shows you, like, for everybody listening, man, like if you're not if you're not necessarily a Dream Theater fan, you got to respect how other people view yeah. you guys, and that there's a yeah. there's a sort of reverence with with the music and, and playing those parts that are, I mean, for drummers and musicians, they're iconic, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, Absolutely. and Peter, yeah, you know, he was a monster too, man. I mean, Thomas was just like, he's so freaking strong. Like that guy. He's yeah. Holy and and I've told him he was hitting the drums, and I'm like, oh man, I'm glad I'm not a freaking drum head. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Yeah. He's just, he's a, he's a powerhouse. Yeah. Oh my God. And, great drummer, no, and, and I've drummer. told I've told Mangini this. Like, I would love to see. I would have loved to have seen that, those tapes. You know, of like uh, Thomas just laying into it. But yeah. that, that was uh, must have been a really cool. You know, experience like you're saying there, and incredible you know, experience. And, and and Peter, I mean, he's he's a monster. So you know, I wanted to you know talk about your solo records a little bit. Um, you know, I I've always they've been on my radar because, like I said, as that hardcore Dream Theater fan in those periods where there was no dream theater release it was like oh here's here's elements of persuasion or here's you know like you get you get a little taste of something and and i i remember hearing it for the first time being shocked at how heavy and um you know i don't know modern i mean it's just very it's very it's very tied into what's going on in the metal scene like every time you've put out a solo record so when i'm listening to that clearly it tells me that you're 
you're listening to stuff that's still coming out and you're not kind of pegged into one thing because like the drumming is cutting edge, the production is cutting edge, um, all that stuff. And uh, how did you start working with Peter and, and what are your, your kind of plans with that solo music? Do you, do you ever want to get that back out on the road? Because I know you did a couple little gigs with that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to get that on the road. I don't know. I think we're freaking cursed for getting something like this on the road. Every time we try and put something together, it's uh, it's something or just kind of uh, throws its ugly head in there and into the mix, and uh, it, it never comes to fruition. Um, but as far as, uh, you know, first of all, my partner in crime throughout all the years, we started doing this in 1998. Was It's uh, Matt Guillory, and he's a phenomenal talent. He's a keyboard player, and um, so a lot of it just started with him and I just sitting down and writing songs and, and, and having other people contribute uh, musically throughout the years. Um, but Peter came in after um, uh, Mike Mangini couldn't do an album. I had asked him to do, after Elements of Persuasion, we did Static Impulse, and um, he wasn't available. He wasn't in the band yet either, and... Uh, in Dream Theater. So I, uh, uh, Matt knew about this guy, and he was like, hey, you know, there's this guy, he's freaking phenomenal, and uh, check him out. So he sent me a, a, a thing of Peter, and I was blown away. And um, I just said, yeah, this is a no-brainer. This guy's incredible. We got we to gotta get him on the album. So he, uh, he started, and uh, he just fit like a glove. And, you know, and, and then we got the other guys, like we got Marco Sfoli and Ray Riendel, bass player, and Marco on, on guitar. Both of them are phenomenal players. So the whole thing is, but I think, you know, the, the reason that we continue to do the albums is because it is different from Dream Theater. Yes, there are progressive moments, and yes, these, these musicians can play anything. I mean, tech, they're all technically brilliant. But with, with Matt and I, it's more about at the forefront are the vocal melodies, you know, and we feel that, you know, if if the melodies are there and the melodies are powerful and the melodies are memorable and they, you know, they reside with you, um, that that's something in itself that's that's going to speak loudly. And obviously, you know, it's got to be a marriage between that and the music. And that's always been, you know, something that we're not willing to start or finish with until we feel that we've we've nailed it. So, um you know, I think it's all these uh, these components that really have kind of given, to a certain degree, um, the solo albums. And I and I use that term loosely because it's, you know, it's because of the other guys. You know, that these albums are what they are. You know, they put my name out there because it's recognizable. But beyond that, it's it's the sum of the parts that make this so incredible. It definitely you know. feels like a band. I mean, it doesn't seem like a oh, yeah. thrown together solo project, you know, because absolutely, it's you know. And I was I was listening, uh, you know, I will not break your most recent EP, and like I said, some of that stuff on there is is yeah. uh, the especially the drumming is as technical and heavy as you're going to oh, find on you know anything else, uh, you know, on on current metal you know radar. So definitely, uh, definitely give that yeah. a, give that a check out. Yeah, you gotta. I'm just like guys. I think my Freaking computers are gonna die. So I'm, oh, yeah, plug it in. A, this has been an event, hasn't it? Like, <laughs> hey, it's all good. Magic First of editing. Thing, you can't. You can't. We can't stay online. Okay, there we go. 
All right. Beautiful. You're not going to lose me. No. <laughs> there we go. So <laughs> digging, I was digging really deep into the uh, James Labrie time machine. Oh. And, um, you know, I, I'm very, I've always been very interested in the business end of, of the music business. You know, I'm a businessman. I, you know, I, I've got, a, got my hands in a lot of pies and, you know, I'm watching, I'm, I'm typing in James LeBrie on YouTube and I'm, I find this like VJ interview that you did with, you were with Winter Rose and I'm watching this and it's, it's, it's sometime in the late eighties. That's like 30 years ago. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like, it's, it's you and I believe your guitarist and the guy interviewing you just doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't know who you are, doesn't know anything about you, doesn't know why he's yeah, talking to you. And it's yeah. like, I, it, I'm watching this and I'm thinking like, man, that guy was like the gatekeeper back then. Like you had all these, you guys had all these things in the way that were to, to get access to what you're doing. And the industry has changed so much where now like, and I say that as we're sitting here talking to you right. and you don't, you know what I mean? Like, but at least now you have the ability to like get on a podcast and talk uninterrupted about whatever you want for an hour and get your actual opinions and your, you know, views out there. And right. what, what has that meant to you to be able to not have to like, especially cause dream theater has always gone its own way. And it's, it's, it, there's mm -hmm. been moments where you, you know, images and words, humongous mainstream critical success. And then, you know, moments where you're coming back up in the mainstream again. And what's it meant for you to be able to now where it's like, you know, we don't need all that old media. We like, is it easier? Is it harder? How do you feel about that kind of difference? No, it, it's much easier because, okay, so here, here's a great example. So, Justin, you and Daryl today, you, you're not coming at me blindsided. You're not, you're not going to talk shit to me. You're, you're going to talk what's relevant to who and what I am and, and to the, the band that I'm in. So I know that each and every time that I'm going to sit down with someone, first of all, I'm hoping and, and – 99% of the time, it's a great interview. It's a, it's a, it's a really cool uh, experience for me. And it's because of how long I've been doing this and because of, you know, our notoriety around the world that it just makes, for the most part, it, it makes this an enjoyable situation for me and, and anyone else in the band. It's it, because we're able to talk freely about who and what we are and what we've been going through or what we're about to you know, uh, move on to, or if there's anything new going on project wise or, or music, you know, it's all musically based, of course, but uh, I think it just, it, it makes it easier back then. It was just like you said, it was people that were like, okay, we just, Oh, you got a half hour segment with this, with these guys. So who's this? Well, just us. And like, you know, and it's just like the traditional questioning, you know? So well, how did you guys start? how do you guys meet? And it's like, yeah. really? Can we get in? So now, how'd you now, come up with the name? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What was the name, mean, man? No, I knew you were going to ask that. You know, how about I shove that winter rose up your ass? Baby? There you no. go. Yeah, right. But because uh, <laughs> I knew he, I knew he didn't take the time to even right. Uh, you know, uh, see her. Uh, I don't. So even, you know which I one I'm talking about? Asked, I know the guy that you're talking about. Uh, he's actually. Uh, He's, he passed away. Oh, you talking cool. about the guy that, that was kind of like rotund, size, the size of a house? Yes, yeah, so he was a jolly fellow. <laughs> well, a little round around the edges. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's uh, he's no he's no longer with us. 
But uh, but I watched anyway, a bunch uh, of videos like I'm that. Not talking, I'm not talking to you all that. Of course not. Of course not. But uh, no, I, and I think you know seriously uh, because we have been doing what we've been doing for the last thirty years. Um, I think that it just uh, it makes the process so much easier because if if you do show up and you're not asking the right questions, especially when we're out on the road and somebody comes in face to face, right? I mean, they're, they're told like, you know, Hey guys, I hope you really did your homework and blah, 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 blah. And you know, like these guys, you know, they're putting the time aside. They got a show tonight. Let's make it worth it. You know? And, and like I said, nine times out of 10, every, everyone's really cool. You get the odd person where you're, you're going, I don't know where you're coming from. And (laughs) you're just kind of winging it. And how the hell did you get here? And how did you get this interview? And and then you're you're just kind of like, so when you're, when your guys come, when your production assistant or your assistant's coming in the room, you kind of have signs, believe it or not, to say, I think I'm done. Get this guy. <laughs> but seriously, like, okay, so like, let's just say out of, a, out of an 18-month tour, that might happen twice. My, so really, that's not a bad thing. Our, boys, really our boy Zach Rossi comes in to tell you that your pasta is ready or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Zach, <laughs> that's our man. Loves that man. Like, isn't he great? Oh, he's, he's the best. Awesome. We had we had him he's on the so show. Awesome. We had him on the show a couple months ago, and uh, he's, he's he's great. Yeah. Oh man, they don't come better. No, he's freaking awesome. Yeah. Hardworking young man. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, like I said, I was I was kind of. Whenever I have a guest like yourself on, who's had a who has a lot of public history, you know, mm-hmm. I like to go and find. I watch whatever you've done recently to make sure that I'm like you said. I'm I'm offering up something a little bit different and. That's that's unique to what's going on now, and you can see that, you know. But I, I start I started going back and watching all these old Dream Theater videos of like Headbangers Ball interviews, and it's still it's like nobody has really ever known what to do with you guys. Like, are you like are you are you metal? Are you are you not metal? Are you should we promote the ballads? Should we promote the shredding? Like, what what is are going you on? Boring? Are you boring? You know. <laughs> Do you sing? Do you want to have a cigar? <laughs> it's just you know, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, have you listened to our music? It's uh, progressive metal. You know, trust me. Throw anything my way, I can answer it. Come on. It's, you know? it's like I, they, I don't know. they don't want to give it the whole 10 minutes to listen to the whole tune. Like, did you? Is that something? Like, how did you deal with that? Like over time, because that's got to be frustrating. What for? For people to actually take the time and, and listen to the well, that you know that sometimes there's this like this, I don't know if disingenuous is the right word, but I mean you have to deal with kind of media that comes at you with like, oh yeah, bullshit. I mean, how do you oh, how do you keep that straight? Like a, a forty second blip here and a forty second blip there. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, uh, first of all, you you can pick up on it because you can just see how aware of uh, who and what you are musically and and the fact that. Are they aware that we, you know, we're very eclectic and how, you know, our styles are from anything that's out there that we find um, inspirational or intriguing? Um, that's basically what we've incorporated over the over our career, and that, that that is our signature, and that we are unpredictable, and that you know, from one album to the next, we always try and mix it up and feel that we're presenting what we feel at that particular moment in time is our best, you know our best foot forward. Um, but you can tell, uh, the ones that are scratching the surface, so to, so to speak. And it's, uh, you know, I think at that point I just, unfortunately I just try and get through the interview because I know that, that 
what he or she is going to have to say with my answers is really going to reflect their homework. So yeah, where's it going? Yeah. Yep. You know, how well received will it be. And did they represent us fairly? Absolutely not. You know, and it's kind of like, you know, only wasted my time. You wasted your time, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. You know, it, it's not just life. It's, it's, it's part of, it's part of the business, right? Is dealing yeah. with, dealing with yep. everybody's opinions. Um, mm-hmm. one, one thing I think is really, really cool. And that's something that James, you and I kind of have in common is that, um, so my father's a musician and mm-hmm. over the years I've had the opportunity to, you know, perform with him on a weekly basis. Um, just not only just jamming, you know, how he taught me and, but just getting actually to, to get involved with my dad in playing music together and sharing that. And I think that's something really special that, um, I don't, I mean, I'm sure Daryl, it's like you get to play ball with Aiden, you know, like you're, you're (laughs) passing that down to your son, right? right, right. right. Exactly. And, and James, I understand, you know, your son is pursuing, how how old's your son, Daryl? Uh, my ba- my baby boy, and I, I'll consistently call him a baby boy until I can no longer pick him up and ho- or hoist him in the air. Is nine years old. Oh, okay. He's oh, about yeah. six so foot as age. well. It's freaking great. Yeah. Great. He's oh, he, yeah. he's a young athlete. He's he's a, a young, brilliant, yeah. brilliant athlete. He's going to be special. He's already yeah, he special. Is. But hey, uh, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. It's a big tree too. I'm serious about that. I'm serious. I really believe in that. So I understand, you know, your son, um, you know, he's pursuing a career in music Mm -hmm. and he's, he's been on the road with you, you know, and I, and I I got, got in touch with him and we've been talking about it and he was telling me how he's on the road with you going to, you know, South America and doing all the stuff. And Mm -hmm. as he's getting into his, the beginning of his music career, What's that been for you like as a as a father, you know, to see your son kind of following in your footsteps and like how is it working together? Because I know like for me and my dad, my dad listens to all these shows and he he's a huge he's a huge Dream Theater fan. He loves you by the way. Um, you're you're one of his favorites. Oh, um, thank you. And thank uh, you. yeah, yeah. Shout out to Anthony. So, <laughs> you know, me and my dad like we get sometimes we'll get hot at each other right it's it's natural yeah. so like whether we're trying to get a christmas tree on oh, top yeah, of the yeah. on top of the car Absolutely. you know or he's telling me hey do that i'll never forget this he told me i was like 13 years old he was like okay play that like you did but better you know and you're just like <laughs> got it but that was my dad as the band leader with the hat on it wasn't my dad my dad but hey, in, in hindsight it was off to your father because you know the problem justin and Daryl, I'm sure you're going to attest to this. Mm-hmm. We far too often say, "No, man, you're great, yeah. <laughs> great." Yeah, hey, absolutely. But what do you want out of them? Yeah. If you want more, don't yeah. do that. Right. Don't yeah. pat them on the back and say they're the best. Yeah. Are they going to be pissed off? They're going to be a little upset. Hey, Dad, I thought you. No. What are we talking about here? Yeah. Do you want me to be honest with you? No. Yeah. You can do better. You can yeah. do better. Spend more time with it. Because yep. the more time you spend with it, you're going to be able to show that much more for it. It's, it's, that's just the way it is. It's the way it is. So, you know, you're talking about Chance. Am I pr- I'm proud of him. Absolutely. I'm proud of him. His band's kicking ass. They were rehearsing at the house today, you know. And uh, they have 10 new songs. Like You're, you're going to hear them, you guys. Yep. And Can't wait. They're freaking amazing. They're amazing. Yeah. And I told him from the start, I said, you know what, Chance, here's the deal. I said, I'm going to be brutally honest with you. You know, when you start saying, okay, Dad, here's some of the stuff we've written. Here's some of the, hey, if I don't think it's, I'm just going to tell you. It's not good. Not hit me. You know, if you guys are having a great time, that's great. But these guys have been working hard for the last three, almost four years, you know. And 
they're all very dedicated to their respective instruments and i think that's all part of it but even as writers oh my god man so this stuff speaks loudly to me um i think they have killer songs the the vocal melodies are incredible once again like i gravitate to that um and i think you know just having him involved in something that i know he is 100 percent, and so are the rest of the guys in the band dedicated to and they're serious about it mm-hmm. there's no screwing around you know i mean they are they're on it when they get together it's all about it they're not sitting around talking about I mean, if we get this and if we're going to be you know it's like work now and then you have all those years to talk about what else you're going to do or what you've attained. I'm going to get know? a Hummer with a with a hot tub in it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to see that. <laughs> hey, man! Ever since I saw Wayne's World, man, I just got to get that limo with yeah, the hot tub. Yeah. yeah. So how is it? How is yeah. it like? Because uh, you got to put the boss hat on, you know, when he's he's working. On, I mean, I I, see, I'm, I'm, I understand he's a production assistant, or what? What is he doing on the on the tour? Uh, yeah, he's going to be the product. Uh, no. No, he's going to be a meet and greet person. Oh, so he's okay. That's nice. a very important role, though, because that's you he's know nice. keep for the merch company. Keeping everybody so, going. He's just gonna yeah, he's gonna have them all lined up and click 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 and send them the pics. Yeah. There you go. So but be- he's just coming out. I mean, he's you know he's doing this like it's all volunteer, and he, he just wants to be a part of the tour, and you know. And I said, yeah, I said, if you, but if you're going to sign up for this, you got to do it like yep. you're being paid and like you're a professional. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to. Yeah. So he's yeah. doing, yeah. And I think, you know, the reason is he wanted to come on tour. And I said, you don't have to do that. You could just come on tour and watch the shows. Nah, I need to do something or I'm going to go nuts. You know how it is, right? I go, <laughs> yeah. okay, all right. I'd be fine just going on tour and watching the shows. But you go for it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Until Rick's It'll coming for him, right? It's like a couple of weeks. We leave in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that's got to be awesome. And, and getting, like I said, being yeah. involved, having that music connection, that's something that you guys will always... Yeah. Always cherish, you know, it's yeah. something I think about all the time. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, that's, Absolutely. It's really cool. So uh, sure. a couple other things here I, w- I wanted to talk about. So the bar- mm-hmm. Barstool Warrior uh, Pilsner. So I met, mm-hmm. M- Mangini introduced me to Mike DiScarfino. Shout out to Mike and the boys up there, Barrier. Um, yeah, Barrier. Introduced me at the New Brunswick show, and uh, we started chatting, and they invited me up. And last weekend I went up there and I had a podcast with them, and got to check out their facility and they were telling me about you know how the how the relationship kind of came to be and speaking of you know doing things unexpected i'd never dream theater doesn't really do co-branded things you know i haven't really right. seen a lot of dream That's theater true. sponsored cheetos or anything like that over the mm-hmm. over my my time uh yeah. I'd, I'd definitely pick them up you know if that were the case but sure. <laughs> it was yeah. it was kind of it was kind of like out of left field to see that so Mm-hmm. You know, kind of from your perspective, like, what was that like? Like, one, how cool is it having your own beer that you got to pick out? And two, like, like was it was it hard to kind of nail down like what you wanted once you realized like, okay, we're gonna get we're gonna get to make our own beer and like have it in stores and and like fans are gonna have it. And what was that yeah. like all like for you? And and what do you think of it? I can tell you the process. So we had been uh, contacted uh, that there was a. Uh, you know, a microbrewery that, that was interested in, in uh, getting behind Dream Theater's actual own self-brew. And we were like, uh, wait a minute, okay. So we started talking about it, and then we, we actually went to the brewery, Barrier. And, uh, cool place. We met, yeah, it's a great place. 
in uh, Oceanside, mm-hmm. uh, New York. And so we met with, with them, we, and, and we, we sat down. And, we, and the first thing was, like, I knew exactly what I wanted. I, I wanted an amazing Pilsner because to me, and I'm sure you guys will agree, uh, I think still the most popular beers, even though everyone's in the IPA. And, and I used to be, but I can't do it anymore. It's too fruity for me. Yeah, it's that 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 fruit overtone. I I can't wrap my head around it. So I thought, you know, Pilsner Lager has always been a staple when it comes to uh, beer connoisseurs. Yes, you know. And so we went in there, and we it was funny because we brought uh, Jimmy T, our uh, who's engineered our last album, and he's our monitor engineer. And then we brought Eddie Hammond, who's our monitor engineer assistant, who's from Australia, who's a beer connoisseur. And uh, we went in there and we were like, okay, so we need to kind of present to them that we want a, a killer Pilsner, but with a little bit of a, a bite at the end, you know, just a little bit of a nice aftertaste that kind of lingers and not necessarily spicy, but in that vein, correct? And so uh, the, um, uh, what do you call the guy that the, the brewery? Mike. Who's the? Brewmaster. Brewmaster, no, right, brewmaster. right, right. So Ethan, uh, uh, the brewmaster, was there. And, and so we're, we're describing this. Okay, this is what we're looking for. You know, it's pretty funny, right? <laughs> He's probably looking at us. Oh, yeah, you guys think you know what you're talking about? That's like me at the mechanic. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm Canadian, man. I like beer, right? <laughs> so, anyways, so uh, it was funny because, like, he was like, you know what, guys? You told me enough here. You, you said enough. I know exactly what I think I can throw together to make this. You know, uh, your own, your very own brew. We're like, wow. He says, yeah, give me like three weeks, four weeks, and maybe I'll have something for you to sample. Uh, I think it was closer to six weeks. So we sampled. Have you? Did you guys sample it, by the way? Oh yeah, I've I had I had several at the New Brunswick oh, show. I had yes. many. Yes, I've got many in my fridge right now as well. Daryl, did you try one? No, nah, I was I was unfortunately unable to attend that uh, that tasting. So ah, okay, yeah. okay, so. I love I it, though. I, th- I think they nailed it. Yeah. I, I think, you know, it's it's amazing. And uh, we tasted it, and I was like, oh, my God, this is freaking awesome. And anyone that's tasted it so far, or, or they're just bullshitting us, I don't know which one it is, um, but they just loved it. They've absolutely loved it. And uh, so it's really exciting because, uh, you know, Barrier is 100% behind us, and we'll see. We're working on, like, distribution so that it's it's more readily available everywhere but that does take some time there's so many hoops to jump through and licensing and stuff like that but i think eventually we will get there but we're very proud of it we're we're extremely proud of it i think it's i think it's so cool and you know like i said i got to spend some some quality time with those guys and they're awesome people and and this i can see that they have the same care in their product and like what they put into that that guys like you have or like what Daryl and I have and what we put mm-hmm. together here with you and you oh, know yeah. like they're they're passionate hand in hand, yeah sure. and and they're they're like on that that every man uh, approved level you know what I mean we we love it and uh you know like I said I would have bought that I would have bought the, the beer anyway regardless but the fact that I I, I uh that I love it is, is even greater with uh you know dream theater so yeah That's it's great. uh you guys can check it out you go on the barrier brewing website and you can actually uh find out where you can get that uh, if you're not if you're not in the tri-state area there right so as we're uh as we're heading into the christmas season james um i'm a big christmas music guy i don't know if you are um 
you know, one of my favorite, my, my favorite Christmas song is Oh Holy Night. And, you know, again, deep into the archives, there's a performance uh, of you and John doing an acoustic version of Oh Holy Night that I just, I yeah. love. And I, I encourage everybody to check it. I might even, I'm going to throw it in the show notes as well. Um, have you ever thought about putting out a very Labrie Christmas? Very Labrie. Is that what you just said? That's right. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, like you can that. have that. That's yours. All right. Because you know Labrie, Labrie translates to the cheese, right? No shit. So, yeah. So, very yeah. cheesy Christmas? That's perfect. <laughs> nice. But anyway, anyway, hey, you know, I, I have thought about it off and on, you know, about doing something like that because, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, we have our, our Christmas staples, right? Those songs and that, and and I love listening to Nat King Cole. I mean, you know, I think he's he's had the most silky, freaking, incredible, gorgeous voice of them all. So I always put Nat on, and my dad turned me on to Nat King Cole. My dad also. You were just talking about relationships with your father, like growing up, you know, musically. Mm-hmm. My dad was a big uh, advocate of Miles Davis' brilliance. So mm-hmm. I listened. To, Miles Davis growing up, you know, I mean, I know I'm getting off on a tangent here, but it's just like the whole, we played that stuff at Christmas. Yeah. That stuff was going on. So, so for me, you know, if I was to do a, a Christmas album, I would like to infuse a lot of the songs with, with a bit of the the jazz influence, Mm -hmm. which I know it's been done. It's been done. But um, just give it a bit of a different twist, you know, maybe a little bit more of an edge at times and mm-hmm. and that, but still keeping it something that's easily, list- it's easy listening as well. And uh, whether I'll actually get ever get around to doing that, I'm not sure. But uh, like you talk about that performance, that was in Providence, the one that John, and we did it for a Christmas special. Yes. And then there was, there, there's also uh, an actual recording of us doing Oh, Holy Night. I was going to ask, is that from that, like, is that just from the board from that show, or did you guys actually go in the studio? Because no, I, I saw that, that as well. The other one is is actually from a sound check. Oh, that okay. we actually released. So I think we were in Portland, Oregon in 93, something like that. And uh, we did a, a sound check, and we ran through the song twice. So there's two little versions, even though they sound pretty much the same i don't know which version we went with but yeah um and you know hey you know the one from providence i don't know if you ever saw this but there was this spoof put out there the american idol thing yeah and, and yeah like, yeah like, james went on american idol and he tried and those guys were like really harsh on him like <sighs> guys that is from 1993 yeah. it's like 20 years between there but he's sitting beside me American Idol wasn't around, and did you actually listen to what I sang? Do you really think they'd be reacting like that? You know, it's you know, like... <laughs> oh, my God, what, how gullible are people? So oh, my whatever. gosh. Well, it's like those... Yeah. Remember the Psycho Petrucci videos where they, they dubbed his voice, and it was like, yeah, well, I'm playing 76,000 rotations per minute and traveling through the sun and and like people thought that that was his voice because it was like before youtube and people were just sharing around and everybody just thought that john was like this crazy egomaniac it's unbelievable absolutely yeah Yeah, it's it's unbelievable what people really oh yeah you know that was really unfortunate you know i'm like looking at them that didn't happen oh my god you know the funny thing is if you type in james abria it's like 
that's like right up there, you know? So it's, uh, it's a good, I mean, you know, good laugh, but, uh, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. so rounding it out here and, and, and James, I just want to, again, thank you so much for being uh, so generous with your time and, thank you. thank and, uh, coming on the Everyman podcast. And, um, yeah. we, we've really been looking forward to this. So, um, I want to thank you guys for the support and, you know, and, and it's great seeing you guys out at the shows and I'm glad you, you love the shows and, Hope to see you there again, you know. Oh, we'll be there. Don't worry. Rick Rick, yeah, yeah. Rick, right. Rick loves seeing me, so I'll be there. So uh, <laughs> we got some questions here from the Dream Theater faithful fans on uh, on Reddit. Yes, we got some cool ones here. So okay. so Jay Franca 2, uh, what bands have you been listening to lately? Is there any anything you've been interested in? Uh, Animal and Me, uh, Car Park North, uh Uh, beyond that, uh, I went back and listened to some, uh, a band that I used to be into called Stabilo. Uh, and, uh, they were amazing. Great band. I don't know what, what happened to them. Unfortunately, they didn't, they didn't stick around. Um, and, uh, uh, Need to Breathe. I've been listening to them lately. Really, really dig them. Um, who else? Uh, I can't. I can't really think of anyone else that I'm listening to. Are you a Tool fan at all, by any chance? Yes, I am. I listened to the latest album. Incredible production on that. Great album. So uh, I haven't seen them on this tour, but oh my god, the production on that album was holy shit, James. <laughs> so incredible. I'm gonna have to take a tangent here. I okay. saw Tool last night in Newark. Oh. And I'm a little, okay. and I say this respectfully because some of my favorite concerts, like I said, I was at Score, okay? You know, some of my favorite concerts I've ever been to have been yours. And I'm not just saying that because you're sitting here. Um, I'm like okay. fucked up from how good that concert was last night. You know what wow. I mean? You know when you see something where yeah. you've just never seen it before and uh-huh. it's like oh, you, yeah. you don't even know which way is up. Like the, the yeah. spectacle of what yeah. they're doing. And like I was explaining to my girlfriend, you know, she's not a musician, but she's very passionate about music. And I said to her, I was like, you don't get to see these bands where, number one, it's heavy music, but they're like so, so good. And then they're playing an arena with 20,000 people packed in there to the to the rafters. But, you know, they have this very strict no phone policy. I'm looking around. No one has their phone out. You don't see a single glow of a screen anywhere in the building. That's incredible. Everyone's just grooving awesome. and jamming, but wow. but the sound of 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 a of, an, of a world class level PA in an in an arena tour like because when you see that they have like fourteen tractor trailers I mean it's a massive oh I know it's a, it's yeah. a massive operation yeah. it's like a Beyonce yeah, it's level empire. right it's, it's an empire it's yeah. like a Beyonce level event yeah. and then it and then you listen to the music and it's so heavy and so rich like it was I mean just. I've been obsessed sure. with the album, and it's uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're. You're with it on Tool. Mike and I were. Mangini and I were talking about it as oh, well. Yeah. Um, Incredible. And Maynard great, is just great players. Yeah, he's amazing, yeah. isn't he, Maynard? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, he is. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He just he just knows how to strut his stuff and uh, do his thing, and it, and it's cool. It's cool, you know. It's I, I I get what you're saying because when I've seen them, it 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 does have that kind of mesmerizing. Mm-hmm effect right where you just been sucked into this vortex for the last whatever two hours what are they doing two hours or something yeah like they did like two hours ten minutes with a with yeah. a 12 minute intermission See? wow and and uh and it was walk non-stop out of, walk out of there and you're just like 
holy shit, you know, <laughs> that was that was an incredible experience. Yeah, and the, no, I, I hear you. And they've, hear you. the video, I mean, they've, they've got these massive video walls, and they have that all that really, you know, I don't even know what to call it. That It's just weird shit, you know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, the, yeah. you, don't, you don't even know, like I said, you don't know what is going on, yeah. um, but it's it's uh, it's fantastic. It's like, it's like doing acid without doing the acid. Right, you didn't even need to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hey, I'm, I'm not kidding you. Like, you know, like, hey man, I'm like freaking space it out. You know, James, they had this. No, they had this. It's amazing. It this really is. level of fog hanging over the arena the whole time, pretty much, and then they were projecting lasers from different oh, yeah. parts oh, of the yeah, arena. Yeah. So you're looking yeah. up and you're actually seeing like, you know, f- hollow fractal shapes and patterns floating above you in lasers, yeah. and you're not tripping and you're like wait a minute like i thought this doesn't exist but i'm sitting here and there's you know laser fractals all around me that's what that's what i'm saying it's like multi-dimensional it's multi-dimensional there's so much going on at times it can be slightly overwhelming you know and then and then there's that and that's just the visual and then the sonics that are going on the effects and, and just like you said like how rich it sounds how beautiful it sounds and perfect oh my god you're like, what the hell, man? No, I know. It, it, it's definitely an experience to be had, for sure. Absolutely. If, if anybody's out there hasn't seen Tool, they got to get their ass out and see it. Because yep. it's, it's well worth it, yeah. for sure. It's uh, yeah. it's an experience. Um, Sonic Karma, what did it mean? Uh, and Sonic Karma, shout out, buddy. He's, he's been a great supporter of the Everyman podcast. He's always, he's always supporting us. Um, Sonic Karma wants to know, what did it mean to have three songs of yours uh, that you wrote included on Distance Over Time? And uh, did the collaborative songwriting approach give you an, like kind of an inspiration boost as compared to past albums where maybe you were just kind of, when we talk about wearing hats, you're just kind of the, the vocal hat, uh, but this time you were involved in the writing a lot more? Uh, well, yeah, I, I'd say, you know, us definitely us being together in one room and, you know, and living together too, it... it uh, there's no doubt about it. It had an effect on how this al- album ultimately came out. But truth be known, I mean, aside from, you know, when these guys are throwing down ideas or ideas are being thrown around, you know, my involvement uh, with this album was, you know, hey, guys, I'm not sure I'm digging that or this is what I'm hearing. And it's, it's very minimal because things are going down so fast musically. Um, you know, like when I'm when I'm doing the the solo stuff, you know, there's obviously Matt and I are grinding heads, you know, and and uh, putting shit together. But uh, with this, it's kind of like there's all these seeds coming in, and then the ideas start from the seed stem, and and things go together very quickly. So for me, you know, like I'm sitting on a chair. And these guys are behind their instruments, and you know, so you'll hear from me, and I'll go, "Hang on, can you go back there? You know, can you guys play that again? Look, this, I need to hear that section. Okay, this is what I was hearing, and then, you know, they go from there, and then, but things are like, for an example, the song that ended up being "Signal to Noise," that was actually the first riff. Uh, John Moen came in and he's starting to play that. You know how it starts, right? And it was so funny because that ended up being the last song written. So this is what I'm saying. Like, even though somebody's like throwing out seeds at the beginning, it's not necessarily that's how it occurs. So there's all this like, 
it's really like if you were able to sit in the room and see how fast things go down, you'd be blown away because that's how fast everything is. Like, hang on, okay, do this, and then let's play through it. Okay, you guys got it. Bang, bang, you know, and then and recording it at all all this time, and everything is uh, it's really intense, you know, because you got to remember, like, we're going in at like maybe uh, noon, one o'clock, and we're in there till about ten or eleven at night. Now we're taking breaks throughout the day, you know, we're not killing ourselves to get through the process we want to make it enjoyable um but with all that being said that's what's going on on the musical end of things okay so it there's so many things flying around at any given moment it's really it's quite funny and then making sense of it harnessing it and then playing through it and then you know articulating what we want to do and then deciding that that is a section that is for real and then that leading to the next section and so on and so forth. And then beyond that is when I, cause once we get into the groove that, that establishes that's going to be where the, the singing is, where the vocals are and the melodies, I already start thinking melodies. And a lot of times I'll get up from the room and I'll leave and I'll like just in this instance, I just had to walk through the kitchen area and then go outside. And I had my phone. Thank God for phones. And I just start like humming this melody. And I'd say for whatever our working title is. And I kept documenting all these melodies so that when it came time for John, myself, and Jordan to sit down and construct all the melodies for the album, I just had this this banks of of uh, melodies and then I knew as far as uh, the songs I uh, like as soon as I hear a song I said to the guys okay no I want to do the the lyrics for this and I want to do the lyrics for that song and and this song and uh, everyone's pretty open you know to something like that Um, and that's how that all came about but um, you know as far as lyrics I'm always you know, whether I'm inspired by a movie or if I'm just books that I'm reading or just the social aspects of our world, um, that's where I kind of draw from, for my lyrical inspiration. Yeah. Now, what was the inspiration for, was, for Viper King? Windy, windy answer, wasn't it? That was good. That was pretty, <laughs> that was awesome. you, you, you answered a whole bunch oh, of questions all in one. Like a, I believe your flight's leaving for South America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like okay. 100 answers in right, one. Awesome. Yeah. I, uh, you know, and, and you, you talk about that, like Viper King, uh, which was like a bonus track on, on Distance Over Time, which is one of my favorite tunes you guys have put out. Like, it's just a fun little rock and roll kind of deep purple inspired kick-ass tune and it, it, i understand that's that's about a viper dodge viper you used to have is that true not that i used to have oh you still have it I, I'm, still, I'm still gonna go out and buy one no 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 it's just been one of my uh one of my favorite vehicles you know I've, I've always ah, loved the dodge. yeah so when when these guys started playing and you nailed it like i started thinking of you know like just and I was like, hang on, you know, I can just see myself tearing up the road, yep. just freaking wailing down the road. Yeah. And I started thinking, hang on, you know, there's my calling. I, I got to write about the Viper. And I was thinking, you know, Deep Purple Highway Star, yep. same thing. You know, it, it's that whole vibe, right? So, yeah, it just kind of, it just was so obvious. It was a no-brainer 
this is what I'm going to write about. So I knew I wanted to write about that. Yeah, I, I love that song, fun. man. I love it. I, I hope yeah. I get to, I hope eventually I get to see you guys perform that at some point. Yeah. You know, Jordan, actually Jordan really wants to do it. Really? It, it, you know? Yeah. Like he's like, well, we're going to bust that out just one night, you know, like just, it'll be the second encore. We just like freaking fly. Just out do there a second encore. The, the band, yeah. It's like, Oh yeah. Okay. Jordan. So after three hours, why don't we just add a little bit more to that? Why don't we just do another song? What do you think? I'll tell you yeah. what. But, sp- uh, speaking of yeah. second encores, I saw Neil Diamond once, and uh, he played Forever in Blue Jeans three times. What? Yeah, he just what, kept, uh, and another one. Yeah, and he just did it two more times after he did it. It was the big <laughs> encore. And <laughs> it, it was funny. so, hey, if it works That's, for Neil, right? Um, oh yeah, so James, thank you so much, man. This has been an awesome yeah, conversation. Um, well, I, thanks, guys. I think we got into some really cool stuff that uh, yeah. I know for sure you haven't really talked about in other places. So, uh, but we can do it again. Uh, right? Well, I'm I'm <laughs> counting on it. I, we got to hopefully next time we can crack a few uh, ba- uh, Barstool Warriors too, ah, liven it up. I think that I, we're talking. I think that might we're be the trick know. there, eh? But uh, okay. James, safe travels, my friend. Yeah, I had to I had to slip one in. You know, you just, just throw that in. Just throw one in there. You guys are. Side note: uh, Vipers are awesome. I didn't have a Viper when I was playing, but I did have a four-door SRT10 that I souped up to uh, about 600 horsepower. It has a Viper oh, engine in it, so oh wow, oh, it was awesome. Silver. Have you actually, have you actually ridden in, in a Viper, Daryl? No, not a Viper. Just I just had the truck, the, the Viper truck. It was amazing. Uh, okay. okay. Yeah. I, I had so, a. So, hey. Okay, go ahead. I had a buddy. I have a buddy of mine. Uh, shout out to John Weisbrod. He's got. Um, He's got an awesome car collection, but he had a Viper Venom for a while, and mm. he took me out for a ride in that once, and it was, it was terrifying. Like the <laughs> the going from, from ze- but being in something that goes from you're sitting at a stop sign to 120 miles per hour like that, yeah. it's not yeah. fun. Like you feel, and, and it's I like just the tires on. Oh my god! Right. It, yeah, it's scary. it was great. It was crazy. He's having a blast, laughing. I'm just like shaking in my seat, trying to hold on. But you feel like you're strapped into a fucking rocket engine with a seatbelt. There's like yeah. this isn't a car. It's this is a this is a ever. this is a bomb. No, I got a I, I got a really quick thing, guys. Please, before I let you go, by all means, it's on the it's on the Viper. So uh, I guess uh, a Viper club from Switzerland contacted our management and they said, "Can you send this to James?" We actually use now the Viper King song as our theme song. No so shit. these guys, there's about 50 guys over in Switzerland. They all have Viper Kings or Vipers. <laughs> and now that song is their theme song. And they said, if James gets into our area, we promise to take him out. He can drive one of them. Or if he's not comfortable, we'll take him out. Nice. You know, I'm driving one of them. Guys. You have you to. Are. Okay. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you have yeah, to. You are. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. And I'm it's sure a, it's an awesome out. thing. You have yeah, to do see? it. So I got to do it. Gotta you got to do, do it. it, James. But I think that's that's really cool, man. That's yeah, awesome, man. Yeah, you got to you got to strap All in right. and, and give it a ride and put the Viper King on while you're at it. So uh, I have to. James, have a safe safe travels on the road, and uh, we'll catch you around okay. soon, my brother. Okay, thanks Justin, thanks Daryl.